0: Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willies. Let us engage. It is politics done right. Welcome to Politics Done Right from the studios of KPFT 90.1 FM, Houston, your community radio station. We have a great program for you today. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about health care. We're going to talk about the water problems uh, in in Jackson, Mississippi and beyond. Uh, We're going to talk about all these issues in the right light. Look, folks, stick with us. And by the way. Guess what's coming pretty darn soon? We're moving into new our new abode. So get ready for us coming live and taking calls. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. Directly and live from, guess where, Pittsburgh, PA, Netroots Nation 2022. I am honored today because you know how we love free speech TV. It's a company that I tell you all the time. We have to keep afloat, right? And guess who I have today? The leader, the president. What, what, what's your title, sir?
1: So my official
0: title is General Manager. The of Free General Speech Manager Speech. of Free Speech TV, yes. Rafael Espinosa. It's
1: a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thank Man, you for having it's me. It's
0: a pleasure to have you. I mean, uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm yeah, fixing that for you. I, I appreciate <laughs> that, my brother. Look, let me, t- let, let me tell you, first of all, I am so happy that you're here because I think it is important that we have an independent press yes. that is out there uh, to tell the stories the way it really is. So, right. first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: So, I just started a free speech TV in May of this year. Uh-huh. Um, I come from corporate media, uh-huh. and after I left corporate media over, I worked in corporate media for over twenty years. Right. Um, I got into the nonprofit um, mm-hmm. organization and in the space I'm working uh, in the environmental right. advocacy space where I was working for a statewide organization in Colorado mm-hmm. um, called Colorado Rising. That uh, was, the mission was to protect the health and safety of communities that right. were impacted by gas and oil um, mm-hmm. op- operations, um, anti-fracking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, was there for very fulfilling work, right? Yeah. So I was there for a few years and uh, I got this opportunity for Free Speech TV, which is a nonprofit by the right. way, an independent media company um, that is supported by donors. Mm -hmm. Um, so check us out on freespeech.org. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, it was just a a natural calling. Um, uh, the job found me basically in the sense that, you know, this was a fusion of my experience in the nonprofit advocacy space and working in commercial media, now working in nonprofit, non-commercial public interest media. Um, so that's how I found myself here. So it's basically
0: a good, um, fusion, like I said, of my career. Well, l- let me tell you, guy, uh, and I want I want to speak directly to the audience about this because if you heard what Rafael said, he left corporate media to come to uh, nonprofit, independent media. I want to say something, Rafael. Like th- this is this is this is for you, sir. Um, a lot of folks look at wait, what you you went from the big thing to come right. to the to the that is what good positive altruism is all about we have to make a change and we can only make a change if some of us are willing to step up and i want to first shake your hand and thank give you a thank you because we need people who are willing to do that and you step you put your foot into the door
1: yeah thank you yeah and you know what it was it was it was timely right, right. um you know i was actually loving um working in the environmental you know advocacy world um and you know um advocating for those communities that were being impacted by you know uh, the the financial and the environmental impacts of oil and gas. Right. So, um, with that being said, um, it, it catapulted me into this position. Um, is the light too high? The, yeah. No,
0: we we, we but yeah. we will okay. I'll clean that up. Yeah. Okay
1: all right um because i can't i can't open my eyes now. oh yeah
0: <laughs> well I can, it's, it's it's amazing too bright. what i'm gonna do is i, I yeah. am gonna i'm gonna make i'm us, squinting now man yeah i'm gonna so, t- twist yourself and we'll okay. we'll, we'll yeah. uh we'll get yeah. get a little change here there we go
1: so as the light shines upon me yeah. right <laughs> no um i saw the light i saw, you the, saw the light i, I saw yeah. the light i did um you know, uh, relatively speaking, you know, so I thought, you know, with the, all this, the experience I had working in commercial TV and commercial radio, mm-hmm. um, you know, really gave me the, gave me the foundation to, you know, elevate a station like free speech TV, because, right. you know, we're not, we're not, we're, we're a small station mm-hmm. with the, you know, with a big reach. We reached As, approximately 30 million people. Wow. We're on all VOD streaming service, mostly all VOD streaming services right. like Amazon Fire, Roku. We're on Dish Network. We're on DirecTV, uh, Apple Plus, Apple right. IOS. So, you know, th- we have a lot of potential. Right. And, uh, you know, the hire was intentional. Uh, we are looking to, you know, um, elevate our game um, in the anti-racism space. Right. We're looking to uh, become a multi-ethnic uh, network that's that touches on the issues. Right. That impact people of color. Right. Through an anti-racist lens. Right. Right. So, you know, we're looking to develop those programs. Um, within our programming, right? right? And documentaries. So, you know, a great time for free speech TV when it comes to that, but we do need help. We do need help, right? We're a nonprofit. Right. So we're seeking help. We, you know, we have a strong donor base, um, but we're seeking help from um, everybody around the country that are free speech TV fans. Or if you're not a free, you know, if you don't know about free speech TV, check us out. Um, you know, we have some great programs. Uh, Democracy Now! is one of our key right. programs, right? Yeah. Um, Tom Hartman, David Pakman. So mm-hmm. strong lineup, um, but we want to strengthen those lineups also with the topics that impact people of color with talent that are, you know, uh, people of color. Um, and uh, that's why they brought me on board. Right. You so know it's what is
0: interesting just, is uh, you didn't even give me a chance to like ask you that question. You were just ready to tell me yeah. what free speech TV is all about. Yeah. And you know what? I've, I've been following free speech TV and um, I have uh, personally... I loved it. First of all, Tom Hartman is one yes. of my favorite. Amy Goodman, I love Amy Goodman. Know them. I know both of them, and Tom comes on to politics Unright right frequently. Yes, but um, it did need a little bit more diversity. Not because those who were there had any issues. But just because you need that perspective, and absolutely, tell me a little bit about what you intend to do about so that. So,
1: on that note, yes, you know the the, the perspective, you know, in, in media companies tends to be uh, somewhat singular at times, right? right? So that that includes, you know, not just what's going on on the broadcast side, but also on the digital media side, right? So, my goal is to bring a variety of those perspectives, right? Um, not only um, on, on our on our on air programming, but right. also our digital programming on right. our websites, on our social media, um, because. Uh, singular perspectives. After a while, you know, corporate media has uh, de- departments, you know, right. that, that deal with this, but this, the perspectives get really singular. Right? right. So We need perspectives from, you know, the black community, Latino community, Latinx community, indigenous communities. Right. Um, you know, our Asian uh, communities. So it's it's that's the goal is to ensure that we're um, kind of promoting the experience right. right, of the impacts of the issues of the day. Right. So for us it's you know it's 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 a huge undertaking mm-hmm. because obviously you know um there might be some resistance even within progressive right. movements as we know. Yes. Um that you know when it comes Tell to Tell me a multiplic- little bit about that. You know um I could give you an example about that is in the environmental space. You right. know and in the, uh, there's uh although there's it's a strong progressive movement mm-hmm. it's a very white dominant right. right progressive movement. Um and now that more people of color get involved in the environmental space there's 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 been some, you know, friction, friction yeah. resistance at times mm-hmm. um, because uh, I was even told, you know, this is our movement. Really? Really. Yeah. At, at one point when I was uh, working in, the, in that space. Right. Um, and as, an, as a part part indigenous man. Right. You know, you know, they're exploiting our lands that are right. occupied. Right? right. On these right. occupied lands. Um, you know, um, that's where I took it to heart. I was like, this is something. Where, yes, you're impacting you know the envir- environmental impacts of gas and oil right. impacts everybody right not just people of color but th- right. the ones that are impacted most are obviously people of color
0: and it, it seems so, like it's always the case uh, you know that those are the people that 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 have gotten the brunt of our industrialization the brunt absolutely. the brunt of our progress has always been on the hell, the, con- the the brunt the success of this country was on the backs of Black Americans, black, or, or the, the ancestors,
1: the ancestors, exactly yes, yes, right. Absolutely. So I mean, you
0: take a look at that, and, and and not only that, because you know, yes, you know, the the documented slaves were were mm-hmm. black folk. But we also know that the uh, indigenous people were held as well. We also know that the Chinese who built the Pacific Railroad uh, as indentured servants Absolutely. themselves, uh, sort of. Yeah. I mean, might as well have been right. that way. So it, it is endemic to the system. Absolutely,
1: and the contributions that our communities have made to this right. country, right? You know, and often not acknowledged as they should be. Right. You know, in the case of reparations for the Black community, right? Um, the immigrant populations that the border. The border was moved for us. We didn't. We, we were exactly. there the whole time. Exactly. So you know, we you know the the border the border crossed us. We didn't right. cross the border, right? Exactly. So you know, and, and I'm preaching to the choir here, but um, at the end of the day, you know.
0: Actually, I want to correct that. You're preaching to the space to the space that needs that right. needs that, that needs that information, and that correct. is why I think um, that is why I think Rafael that it is so important to have a, a general manager like yourself mm-hmm. running. Uh, the, the company yeah. with the expectation that boards or whoever else are, you know, that bring the funding, the developers, etc. acknowledge that it is time. I mean, you're not trying to take away anything from anybody. Absolutely. You're not. trying to bring, yeah. integrate everybody yeah. into a system that belongs to us all.
1: At the end of the day, you know, I had a board member that's here uh, today um, at Netroots. Um, mm-hmm. The way he put it, it's, you know, it's, it's TV for freedom fighters and freedom lovers. There you go at the end of the day that's that's the direction we want to go is you know um, have a network and a, a, a media outlet that's going to be for people like us Right. that you know we we we're freedom lovers and we're freedom fighters for the for the good of all all society right um but the my role was you know and my hire is intentional right it's intentional um in the sense that you know in corporate media there's very few people like me right. in positions of of power, a power yeah. uh, and authority within these structures, right? right. Um, and this, the dismantling of these structures that we're trying to promote as well, right. Um, through, through that anti-racist lens and, and, and dissolve, if you will, um, the, the white supremacist structures, um, that have so much, as you know, yes. um, you know, uh, of, uh, impacted media. Um, the other, the other thing, um, yes. is truth telling, right. Yes. You know, we want to be a truth telling right. outlet that's going to speak the truth, You know and speak truth to power
0: exactly you know i and i think that is so important because you know all all the stories and fairy tales that i mean and 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 not having the truth our country in my opinion i'd like to hear your opinion on this Mm -hmm. i think our country is in trouble today not because uh, i need to adjust this a little bit more i think our country is in trouble not because people are bad but because people are ill informed, people are lied to, and having a channel that we can get penetration that's actually there as an alternative that right. we can actually say, Free Speech TV says this. And guess what? As I do on Politics Done Right, you know, today I just got through with my program, and one of the, uh, the, 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 the one somebody comes on and they say, uh, Green energy is going to get us all killed. Great. I, I didn't I, I, I didn't go ahead and say, you crazy SOB. Right. I said, could you please explain to me so that I can understand exactly. how is green energy going to get us killed?
1: Right, right. Exactly. And, and the, the the point I want to drive here, Gilberto, is that, you know, um, those that don't see our perspective or those that don't believe our perspective, right. you know, I think we need to get away from attacking them. Right. We, we need to em- embrace them and educate them. Right. right. Um, not... Not compete in a sense. Exactly. um, Because I think that's where America, you know, the divide in America has led us to where we're at today. Right. You know, and so I believe um, we really need to focus on, um, again, you know, educating folks that are falling victim to this misinformation, disinformation. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So I think one of the key elements is ensuring that we're not. We're not being actually, and 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 counter to our beliefs. Mm-hmm. We're not being exclusive of them. We should include them, right? Right, and we should be able to ensure that they're being educated properly and follow up, like you know, and get away from the tribal right way of thinking and the tribal dynamic that we're that we're actually living under right
0: now. Uh, so which, crazy time to be alive. come like, uh, como los dos somos latinos, voy a hacer dos oraciones en, 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 en español. Muchas gracias por estar aquí con nosotros aquí en Politics Done Right. Uh, dime lo que vas a hacer uh, con Free Speech TV. ¿Dónde piensas llevarlo? ¿Cómo vas a, a, a agregar pues sí. a otra clase de gente que, que no estamos acostumbrados a verles en la pantalla? Sí, pues muchas gracias
1: por la pregunta. Pero mira, um, el enfoque de Free Speech TV va a ser uh, una cadena inclusiva uh-huh. que nosotros um, vamos a promover uh, todas las temas que impactan nuestras comunidades, ¿va? Entonces para nosotros es algo muy importante y um, que nos exige para para tener un un lugar donde donde está el pueblo, uh-huh. más bien, ¿verdad? Claro. Entonces para nosotros es algo que vamos a enfrentar. Uh-huh. Um, tenemos nuestros obstáculos, obvio, ¿verdad? Uh-huh. Pero um, en fin, tenemos que estar preparados también y y y, y hacer el ejemplo claro ese es el ejemplo porque las generaciones que no que, que nos sigue Ajá. necesitamos a, a, a prepararlos uh-huh. verdad para para que se puedan activar ellos y movilizar en, en estos esfuerzos verdad y espero que esta cadena uh, nos ayuda tú sabes a lanzar ese movimiento te voy a decir algo
0: ah, teniendo a una persona como usted ahí siendo el gerente general eh, sí, el sí. general sí. En el, para de, de, de um, Free Speech TV. TV. Sí, señor. Eso será un cambio necesario. Así que felicitaciones sí. por gracias. todo el trabajo. Mucho, mucho, muchas gracias. Muchas Y espero, estoy esperando sí. mucho de lo que vas a proveer.
1: Y le quiero, le quiero decir que Free Speech TV también le, le, le quiere ap- apoyar usted. Um, entrevistamos a, a, a nuestro servidor aquí um, en Free Speech TV. Entonces, uh, Conectase con Free Speech TV, freespeech.org, o nos puedes saber en cualquier de las cadenas de suscripción como Amazon Fire, uh, estamos en Sling TV, uh, DirecTV, Dish Network, y los demás. Puedes investigar e ingresar freespeech.org.
0: Let me finish in English. Okay, uh, the look, switch uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We switch. That's back how to, we do, That's, right? how, <laughs> that's <laughs> how we <laughs> do. <laughs> anyway, look, uh, let me tell you, first of all, congratulations. Thank on you very much. Uh, just Thank listening, I, I, you... We had spoken several times and there's much that you've said here that you hadn't said before. Uh, Something that uh, all of us listening here have to be impressed with and also not only impressed but thankful that Uh, free speech tv is going to be taken off taken to a new place not that that free speech tv wasn't a great place before right but you're taking it to new heights by making sure it is very inclusive and
1: let me be clear it's not just myself we have a strong team i mean we have a strong team of broadcast professionals nonprofit professionals a team that's um that has bought into our mission uh, so the thing is, for me, that's a luxury mm-hmm. um, because this team is super strong. The work that they're doing um, to elevate free speech, speeches distribution, mm-hmm. and our content is amazing. Not to mention, as a nonprofit, our development right. efforts through our donation efforts, right? So again, I got to give um, you know credit where credit is due. Um, you know, is the strong free speech TV that keeps us on the air. Rafael, so, Espinosa, gracias. muchísimas gracias. Thank gracias. You so gracias por la oportunidad. le Absolutely. agradezco mucho. Muchas gracias.
0: Uh, I'd like to play a piece from a journalist. This journalist is with The Atlantic. And he said something that I want all of you to hear first. And then we'll go ahead and address some further issues on Donald Trump having all this. uh, Not only what Donald Trump has as far as the spy data, etc., but also what he has done to a sect in this country. Let's listen to this and then take it on the other side.
2: I think if the president hadn't given this speech, he would have been derelict in his duty as the chief executive in his, uh, constitutional duty to defend the constitution of the United States. The constitution is under attack. It's under attack from an organized, um, from the majority of an organized political party. <clears throat> and for him not to acknowledge that reality in public would have been a dereliction of his duty. Uh but I, I almost um, I thought the attempt to divide out the MAGA Republicans, um, you know, he, I understood why he had to do it. That was a political uh, mm-hmm. formula to say, I understand that there are still somewhere out there centrist Republicans. But the MAGA Republicans have taken over the institutional Republican Party and its elected members. There are, you know. When he talks about working with Republicans, I think it's a tough sell to say, who who are they? Who are these, um, you know, rational and reasonable Republicans left um, that you're working with? And I think, you know, to, to hit that point, to say, look, this isn't. Um, You know, this is not. And he did say this. These are not normal times. Um, This is not a normal political movement. Um, And and then he kind of there was a kind of a digression of things like prescription drugs and other stuff that I think probably didn't need to be in the speech. Uh, But to Mm -hmm. kind of pound the lectern and say, as he did when he said, vote, 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 because this is not just another petty uh, policy disagreement. This is for all the marbles. Now, here's
0: what's important. There are many who are saying by the president talking about MAGA Republicans that somehow he's going, he's attacking an ideology just because it's different than his own, which isn't something we should do, right? There are conservatives and there are progressives. Conservatives think a, a certain way. They want things done a certain way. Progressives want things done another way. Let the people decide. Let the people vote and decide. Uh, what the president went against, or what he called the MAGA Republicans, or those, uh, and he also called those same uh, leaders of that MAGA Republican group, he also refers to them as uh, semi-fascists. I don't even know why he put the semi in front of there. I call them outright fascists, right? Because of what they want. They want to rule undemocratically for the things that they want to do, and they want to harm those who disagree with them. It's that simple. That's a statement of fact. There are MAGA Republicans who are the ones that kind of follow Trump, and then there are the leaders who are the real evil ones that will cause these people to do wrong, because people are influenced by their leaders, And that's the only reason Donald Trump got the second most amount of votes in American elective presidential history. We have to accept that. Donald Trump got a lot of votes. And that's why Nichols here says, you know, why did he really make such a distinction about MAGA Republicans and Republicans itself? Because there is that distinction. But yes, there's still a good 80% of Republicans that even though they're not they're not fascist like their leaders, they are willing to, f- to follow these guys because the, the hate that have been created for the left. The, the the false hate, the caricature that they've made of the left, these people are saying, Well, we better go with these guys because those lefties are even worse. That is what we have to fight. That is what we have to work with. So he was not, the president, was not going against a conservative ideology. Let's take that one step further. Because I want to read something from one of our regulars here, Daniel, Daniel Ledo. He says, Biden declared war on millions of his fellow Americans last night, criminalized ideology, and gave the entire executive branch a new enemy to pursue. Historic." To say the least And Egberto is ignoring it Egberto, do you agree with Biden? Yes But Biden didn't go as far as I would Is you you, I think you meant uh, Are you ideological and political For a clear and present danger To American democracy? Yes The MAGA Republican uh, Party That portion that's fascist They are a clear and present danger To America So the answer to that is yes Yes If so, what's the plan to combat this enemy from within? The president gave the answer to that in his speech as well. Vote, vote, and vote. Make sure that the vote is so overwhelming against MAGA that it is no doubt that The winners are, in fact, those that are anti-MAGA. Not that progressives win, not that Democrats win, but anti-fascists, anti-MAGA wins. That is the answer the president said. At the same time, he says, violence is never an option. Never an option. The only people that are speaking about violence is MAGA Republicans who say, even many have said, we just think we may have to pick up arms. You will never hear that from the left. You will never hear that from moderate Republicans. And let's go one step further to prove it's not ideological. All of the very conservative Republicans have left the party or have spoken out against the party. Uh, starting with the, the one of the newest leaders in in, in, Cheney, in Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney is more conservative than Mona McDonald, the leader of the Republican, the RNC, than Rana... Uh, uh, You know, Romney, right? She is much more conservative. We have most of your most conservative Republicans leaving the party because they understand that Donald Trump, the corrupt, the evil, the person with no soul, the person that's a thief, the person that's a thug, they understand that this one guy has been a cancer, has been a cancer to that party and yes I do not hold that against you know I have friends that peer pressure still works with them and will that stop them from being my friend no I will work with them because you know what's a true friend do you know what's a true someone who really cares about you somebody who really cares about you says the following I understand that you're doing something wrong right now but you know what I'll be there for you I understand that you are doing something. I'm going to try to change you. I'm going to try to open the doors for you. I'm going to try to have you see the light. Somebody who doesn't care about you. Somebody who doesn't care about your humanity. They'll just let you go. Go do the crap that you're doing. Go kill yourself. Go do that. Somebody who cares about you invest in you. Invest in you not only necessarily financially, but invest in you morally, invest in you spiritually, invest in you however they can. That is real care. You know? You want to know the reason why I don't do things like, oh, just throw people under the bus? That's why I wrote this. It's worth it how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbor. I could change right-wing to a lot of other things. I could change it to a lot of other things but it is about caring. So all the MAGA folks, that even those that are my followers, you're not going to lose me as somebody who cares about you just for the heck of it. Because you know what? If you really care about where we're at and we know that nobody's going anywhere, we care about setting things right. So here's the deal. The nation's poorest state used Welfare money to pay Brett Favre for speeches he never made. The state auditor says $70 million in federal welfare funds went to Favre, a volleyball complex, and a former pro wrestler in a scandal that has rocked Mississippi. If you go to Jackson, Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi has been begging for funds, few million dollars, decade after decade. They can't get clean water. They cannot get clean water in Jackson, Mississippi, the largest city in Mississippi. There are pictures on the Internet where the governor of Mississippi has a big, shiny tanker truck with fresh water in front of his mansion in Jackson, Mississippi. While the people in Jackson, Mississippi don't have clean water that is what we call Maba Maga Republican policies. The mayor of Jackson has been begging. The infrastructure in Jackson has been crumbling. All you people who moved out of Jackson with white flight. He's been begging. All these people left Jackson, right, to live in the suburbs. Suburbs that have new water plants subsidized by all these people in Jackson because all the corporations and major corporations and all these guys are stationed in the state capital, Jackson, Mississippi, but they don't have clean drinking water. And the restaurants out there are having to buy their water and at the same time having to pay for the water, the dirty water that comes through the, t- the taps, Mississippi, MAGA, Republican, policies from a third world country you don't see that i've been to costa rica i've been to guatemala i've been to el salvador i live in panama born in panama been to jamaica been to santo domingo dominican republic been to mexico you remember in mexico you couldn't they would tell you montezuma's revenge don't drink the water and guess what you can't go to jackson mississippi and drink the water It won't give you Montezuma revenge. It'll kill you. Here in the United States of America, this exceptional country, you can't drink the water in many of its cities. And you know, there's something familiar with the looks of all those cities where you can't drink the water. Uh, What's that city in Michigan again? can't drink the water because they decided... The clean, clear lake Michigan was not good enough for it. was too good for its people. So they made you drink out of the Detroit River, polluted with all kinds of lead, et cetera. What's going on here? And now we find out that $70 million that should have go, gone to the Flint, Michigan. Thank you, Alistair Waters. $70 million that should have gone to the to the people most in need, because of a state that doesn't take care of its people, because of a state whose policies are based on a type of a, a type of arcaneness that kills, and who takes the money that all of us from, from all of us that pay a lot of taxes—that money came from the federal government—and what did the MAGA Republicans do in Mississippi? They stole the money. They stole welfare money. They themselves. You know, they always talk about the rich, the wealthy. Brett Favre, millionaire millionaire football player, gets a million dollars for doing nothing. And you dare look at those guys in the streets and say, get a job? You didn't earn it? While we have Brett Favre getting a million dollars for doing a speech that he never did. Do you guys get the evil within I want you to think about that, folks. $70 million and the people who reap the rewards of that $70 million are rich people. I want to put that into some context. Everybody talks about, well, guess what, man? We have these infrastructure projects and all of that kind of stuff. The only reason the portion of the infrastructure project, remember, the infrastructure uh, was uh, developed. Bill was divided into two, the human infrastructure and the hardware infrastructure, meaning building roads, etc., and all those good things, right? Check this out, folks. I want you to really understand this. Why did Republicans say it was okay to pass that infrastructure project, but not the human one, the other one? Because they did exactly what Favre and, and the other Mississippi Republicans have been doing, stealing, It's the same thing they do in Iraq, why they like wars. Because you know what? With wars come a lot of welfare money from the government so that they can go and hire a lot of people from third world countries to serve the troops. And as they serve the troops on five cents on the dollar, they pocket the rest, the wealthy. Like I've always told you folks, you sit down and think there's something about the wealthy most of the wealthy just make great thieves great thugs great thugs in ties it is so important for you to understand what i'm saying here folks it is so important last night i did a whole lot of blogging but most importantly i watched two programs the first one was uh, the wave? I think it was uh, uh, one of our one of our most premier supporters. Bridge MCP said, "Egberto, you have to watch this. Watch this. It's about fascism, and it was about how a teacher converted a kids into Hitler-type loving people without much effort." But the second one I watched was the Civil War. It's a documentary on CNN that I've watched before, but this must be a segment that I missed. I want to play this segment, but before I play the segment, I want to preface something. I want you to look at that guy from the context of how entitled he felt for himself. I want you to also note how the disregard that he has for humanity, and I say humanity except for who he is. I want you to listen to that in detail. This is one segment that got me so irate at his tonality, his tone, and his way of thinking uh, that I couldn't continue blogging on a specific issue. Because listen to this this piece. And when uh, we're done, we'll come back on the other side. Because one has to understand that these guys – have got to be made irrelevant very, very, very soon. Check this out. James
3: McGill, he settled this farm almost 200 years ago, and I felt like I followed in his footsteps. My wife raised the children. All I ever did was work. Of course, now the federal government took my farm, so... Had it financed with federal government, Farmers Home Administration, they wouldn't redo my loans during the war and Reconstruction. People in the South lost everything. Well, I can empathize with them. It made me mad, and I could understand why they were mad. And it, and it's been 150 years, and the people are still mad in the South about it. It is wrong for the federal government to dictate to the states what they should or should not do. Ever since the war, no one's property has been secured. There's a lot of talk of reparations for slaves. My great great grandfather uh, Abraham Lincoln he emancipated the slave. He didn't get paid for them. the war to prevent Southern independence. Changed our country for the worse. Do you think the war changed the country for the
2: worse?
3: Um, Does it? I, I do understand um, parts of what my father is speaking on because I feel that way. That the government is too big and has too much power, it's an invasion. But how long would it have taken to free the slaves? How long would it have taken for them to realize that slavery is wrong?
2: Do you think slavery left
4: an imprint on the mindset of people in America?
3: I'm saying the war left more of them in print. That's my personal opinion.
1: For black and white. Yes. So you feel like the war itself was bigger aggression than slavery. Yes. It
4: feels like you're dismissing the experience of millions of enslaved people. It feels like you're not seeing what they experienced at the hands of the people who were enslaving them.
2: I mean, how is treating people as property, not a greater horror.
3: Well, my feelings was that it was legal. It was a settled way of order. They had laws that they had to live up to, enforced on them, and treat them like civilly. I don't hate James McGill. but I just want our schools and universities to stop teaching our children to hate our southern ancestors. They don't deserve that.
0: Now the the entitlement that this guy feels. I want to I want to get on something technical first. You notice he's pissed off because he got a loan from the federal government and evidently he was not that good of a farmer because evidently he defaulted on the loan and lost the land that his forefathers stole from somebody else, right? So, I mean, he wasn't a darn good farmer even having lived on stolen land and, and stolen land that he all but got for free and he couldn't do something with it. And we have black farmers all over this country couldn't get loans from the federal government, had to do it, do their own farming without any one of these loans to make them better farmers. But he got it. He was of the right hue to get it. Now, th- then, the, th- then the belief that they have a reason to be angry because somebody is taking their property. Now these they are living on land that was stolen from indigenous people. They are living on lands that they've signed treaty with people to say, hey, if you give us this land, we won't blow your head off, and then we'll leave you alone in these other places, and then after that, we break the treaties, and we come and take the land anyway. These are the the people who are living on these lands as big farms and ranches across Mississippi and Texas, etc., 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 and they feel that Somehow, somebody is doing them such a huge wrong because they took something away from them without thinking that they took something away from somebody else. And then, the kicker here: when they ask, "Do you feel that the slaves? You feel that the Civil War was about slavery? Uh, that uh, you know the slave aggression?" Yes. And then he says, "But you know, uh, they are talking about re- wanting reparations. Nobody gave my grand, my great granddaddy." Uh, anything when he gave away, when they took his property away, human beings, slaves, when they took his property, nobody gave him reparation. The inhumanity, the evil within this guy, even the son understood it. The son said, I, I don't like big government, all of that, you know, the standard Republicans, uh, Republican Southern methodologies, right? But then he said, how long would they have taken for these guys to realize that slavery is wrong? That holding another human being in bondage is wrong? How long would it have taken these southern folks, including my daddy? People, we have to extricate I mean these guys a guy like that never changes he feels entitled to his superior, to a superiority he does he he, he tries to hold on to by force that's what he feels i am superior therefore the indigenous folks that I've stole their land for I earned it and anybody trying to take it back or take some back and give it back you you I, we have reasons to be mad we have reasons to be upset and you see those slave guys oh no, Uh uh-uh, nobody, no reparations for them because after all, nobody gave my granddaddy reparations and look at me, I'm a lousy farmer who because of my hue should have been just fine but nobody gave me, they didn't give me that handout that I deserved. We have to extricate that thought process. We have to make guys like him irrelevant. Good. I listened to the son and I listened to what the son was saying between the lines. And that should give us all hope. Because while the son is a, you know, following the conservative ideology, even the son acknowledges the evil within his daddy. How long would it have taken you to understand that slavery is wrong? extricate make these guys irrelevant and never back down never give them the benefit of the doubt too many progressives are trying to give folks like this the benefit of the doubt none we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand we try to find those little nitpicks where Back at the University of Texas, I remember folks telling me, oh, you're an import. You're from a banana republic. I also remember them saying all kinds of things about the quality of life in Mexico. Montezuma, revenge. You're going to go drink the water in Mexico. And then what's going to happen to you? You're going to get sick. And then today I had to listen to this. You can shower or bathe. Please make sure in the
4: shower that your mouth's not open because, again, you do not want to ingest the water. Please make sure in the shower that your mouth's not open because, again, you do not want to ingest the water.
0: Now, let me tell you, being in my little banana republic in Sabanitas, Colón, República de Panama, or I should say Banana República de Panama, I never once had to boil what came out of the tap. I never had to take a shower with my mouth closed. Look, folks, if you want to understand uh, conservative economic policies that affect your everyday life, Jackson, Mississippi, is a perfect example, as well as that city in Michigan that had lead in its water because the Great Lakes was too good a water source. For the people in that city So they went to the Detroit River Folks, let's let's start getting things right Let's start making sure those who owe taxes Pay the taxes So that we can rebuild our infrastructure So that America doesn't devolve Into a third world country Well actually it would be fourth world Because even the third world countries I don't think they're boiling the waters out of their taps we can do better. Welcome to a live edition from Politics Done Right at Netroots Nation 2022. Today, once again, we bring you one of the great activists out here. Uh, we have Chuck Panacchio out of Pennsylvania, right? Yes, out yes. of welcome to Politics Done Right, and you are the leader, the director of one states or one. Payer states, correct? Correct. OnePayerStates.org. OnePayerStates.org. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go into uh, One Payer states. Sure.
4: Yeah. Great pleasure to be with you, Egberto, here in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm living here now, actually. Uh, Sharpsburg, just across the river. Great nice. working class town. Really sweet people in this area. It's wonderful to be at Netroots Nation, to network, get to know other folks, um, and building the power that we need to win. Right. So one pair of states is a, It's an organization that has been around since 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, we formalized our group as a C4 organization, as a political organization, four year, four and a half years ago, um, and we're geared up to uh, winning universal health care at the state level. Mm-hmm. We'd like to get it adopted one, two, three, four states, model it as a, as a successful program, and then go national with it. Similar to the way Canada got to single right. payer, one Just,
0: province at a time. That's right. Started yeah.
4: in Saskatchewan. Right. All the other provinces looked at it jealously. Said, "We want to do that too. Right. Healthcare for everybody. Right. Cheaper, better. Helps the economy. Right. Helps people. So it's really a very powerful uh, movement that we've got involved here.
0: You know, it's interesting because we're behind the curve. You, you know, one of the things I think in, with our country is that we have a tendency. I, because we have this innate feeling of exceptionalism, right. we think we have to be the originators of everything that's good. When all over the OECD, that's these the, the, these industrialized nations, we've seen that um, they all have some form of one payer, single payer system in some form or the other. That's right. That is successful. And, you know, yesterday, uh, Chuck, I interviewed uh, a, a, a person from Canada who naturalized American and moved back in his older years to Canada for the health care. And I asked him specifically if their system was better. And he said, I wouldn't talk about systems being better. I, as an engineer, we just speak about the different issues. And then I said, um, how do you judge better? And he said, uh, well, I don't know. And I said, well, I judge better based on the outcome of the population in general. And every single of these countries have not just a small better outcome uh, health-wise, but economic-wise for all their citizens. So the job that you're doing is very important in educating folks uh, doing it. So what is your plan as far as getting out there and making sure that this comes from the bottom up because the top down, it'll never happen.
4: Right. Well, we do need to create a mass movement and that involves connecting all generations, all issues and all, and all policies, social justice policies. So it's not just healthcare justice actually that we're talking about. That's our lead issue, but it also has to be about health justice Mm -hmm. and health involves policing It involves climate. It involves quality jobs, neighborhoods, access to quality food, education, all issues. We need to we need to bridge all of these. I call it bridging our people, our politics and our policies. The three P's people, politics and policies. And that's the pathway to achieving justice for all. True justice for all, and that's really the promise of America that we have not been living up to, especially over the last 50 plus years when I've been organizing. I've been doing this this work for 50 years.
0: I want to interrupt you for one second yeah. because I want our audience to also know that you ran for Senate here in Pennsylvania, yes. correct? Right. And uh, so this isn't something new for you. You've been out there reaching out to people with uh, with trying to establish good policy for quite some time
4: absolutely absolutely and in running you know i ran very much a bernie style campaign Mm -hmm. you know before people were familiar with bernie sanders but i was a bernie crap before it was a thing right and uh running an issue centered campaign got people very excited we created a grassroots movement not only around the around my Senate race, but that evolved into what is now Healthcare for All Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. which then evolved into One Pair of States, mm-hmm. which is a coupling of all of the state organizations, 22 in all, right. that are working on achieving universal health care at the state level. And right now, the Northwest is where the the, the best opportunity is really Washington, and and Washington, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, right. Yeah, very. And exciting. what
0: other states are you working in? I know Pennsylvania is one of them. Oh, even gosh. though you're you're you're, you're Congress, your your House of Representatives, kind of. Well, I think you guys do you call them House of Representatives or House of Delegates here in Pennsylvania?
4: It's a the the, the State House.
0: Okay, the State yeah. House. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know, maybe a bit difficult. Representatives. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love what you just said about you. You can't just work on one issue when we're talking about the well-being of people, the health care of people. You have to talk about all issues, and in that light, I think you have established. A, a new summit, the intergenerational Justice summit that's coming up on August 27th right. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that?
4: Sure. Um, this uh, the intergenerational justice summit it's not a one-off event. this mm-hmm. is a this is uh, a, it'll be a recurring event every right. few every three months or so right um, And right now it's beginning informally among you you talked about bottom up right it's got to be organic we have to bring people into the room who can actually see the vision that we have which again is connecting all of our issues our people and our policies um and so this intergenerational summit is designed to bring in a whole diversity of folks across generations and uh, race class gender um, geography Mm -hmm. and bring them all into the same room to have this conversation and it all centers on shared values. We
0: express shared what values. you think about. What, what do you express as shared values? How do you, what, what are shared values?
4: Um, it's about love. Mm-hmm. It's about compassion. It's about caring for each other. Really, it starts there. I mean, I, I, re- I reference it as radical hospitality, right. radical hope, right. and radical love. And that means hospitality is we're, we're our hearts are open and we're welcoming of mm-hmm. everyone in the conversation. We're not judgmental. Mm-hmm. We're here to listen, right. intentionally listen to people and their concerns. And what ends up happening is the conversation always swings back around to, wow, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that you had those issues, those concerns. But then suddenly you realize the connection. The human connection is the most powerful thing that we have going for us. So radical hospitality, radical hope in a time right now, when we are, we have to admit you know that we're in a, in a world of crisis. Right, right. We have got to admit this. But in order to overcome that, we have to think outside of our sort of traditional boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, conventional politics are just not working. Our mm-hmm. institutions are broken in this country. We have to figure out a way to build mass movement and power to get our our, our political leaders moving in the right direction and if they're not moving we need to replace them right so um and in doing so we have to be creative Mm -hmm. very creative so i'm really thrilled at the work that's being done especially among younger folks Mm -hmm. who are willing to engage in occupation efforts to actually sometimes shame politicians Mm -hmm. into doing the right thing and it does work
0: love compassion i love that you said that hope but i like the love and compassion so very much because what, we, what our economic system, what we have been uh, taught by so many because they have ulterior motives is those are things on the side that things have to work the way they're working right now without spirit, without heart, without, without thinking about humanity, if you will. That's right. And that you start, I mean, I, you know, I, I, that just kind of warmed me when you said, when I said, what are our, our values and you say, Uh, We have to look at love. We have to look at uh, compassion. Can you really hurt somebody you love? Can you really hurt somebody or purposefully somebody you care about? No. And that's what's missing. Absolutely. uh, That is what's missing in our system. We've been teaching people not to care about others' humanity.
4: That's right. This nation was founded... In an effort to create something of a balance right. between democracy and the capitalism, right? But capitalism is crushing our democracy right, right now. Predatory right. capitalism. The oligarchs are in charge. The right. billionaire class—they own the political system effectively. Right. right. And you know, it was almost a miracle that we were able to get the legislative accomplishments right. we were last week. And this is this is really—it's uh, a, it's a challenge. But it's an exciting moment too. you know, out of crisis comes opportunity. And I think everyone needs to take a hard look in the mirror. You know, we look to others to be our leaders. We need to start looking in the mirror at ourselves. We need to be the leaders. We need to be the leaders. And
0: and that's why that's why, first of all, I love being here at Netroots. That's why I love uh, speaking to folks like you, because, again, you are you are sort of laying that path that. Even a lot of folks in the younger generation can see, you know, they can see, oh, these older folks are seeing a lot of what we are, what we've been trying to aspire for. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so, so that is great. So um, tell us a little bit more about uh, how people can be a part of, of this uh, Intergenerational Justice Summit.
4: Um, well, all the information is at onepairstates.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and It's a virtual event. And we have a Zoom room capacity of a thousand people. Right. So it shouldn't be a problem. In, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, people who are who who believe in the concept of universal transformative justice, which is delivering what we need, not just what we want, but what we need just fundamentally to go forward as a society to heal ourselves as a society, and to believe again in the American promise. Um, That's really fundamentally what this is about. But connecting younger people in particular, the millennial generation, Mm -hmm. Gen Z generation, are the most progressive generation generation. In our history. Right. And yet, so many of them are disaffected, you know, feel like the system is broken, it's not working for them, and because who's to it, argue it, with that?
0: It's, it's not working and it is broken. Exactly. Well, you know, folks, uh, please go to onepayerstates.org. Onepayerstates.org. And yes, uh, uh, Chuck is asking you to visit with them at the summit, but that's a few days. We want you to make onepayerstates.org a part of where you visit for us making change. Chuck Panacchio, yeah. thank you so kindly yeah, yeah. for having been on Politics and Right. You can listen I E S, But don't you forget, listen to us live on air at KPFT 90.1 FM on Thursdays at noon and at Fridays at 11 a.m. all Central Time. Please remember to keep your community radio station in your minds. Keep KPFT on your mind. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage.